Okay. All right. We are set. Hello, Stacy. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing wonderful, Pedro. How about you? I'm I'm doing great. I'm good, doing good great. Uh, enjoying the nice weather. Yeah, uh, having today. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty yes. sure there's going to be a, a some rainstorm coming too because it seems like every time we have a little bit of sun, the it rain comes down. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can't complain too much because maybe was it a few weeks ago we were we did seem to have a little bit of a drought where it wasn't really oh, raining. Yeah, it was pretty hot. Yeah, and I, my grass was turning really brown. Brown. It was rough. <laughs> then they have to cut it for a while. Yeah, which yeah. Which was good, but yeah. it was so hot. You're right, and then it. The rain it cools it off, but it, it brings that humidity though. Yes, I yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it bring that humidity. No joke. Humidity, mm. no joke. Mm. Um, well, definitely thank you for being a part of this Zoom call. And I wanted to so uh, just for remind uh, those th those that are new that uh, I started a Facebook group called Black Acquisition Entrepreneurs. The purpose behind that is to teach, educate, and expose aspiring Black and Brown um, individuals, people of color that have an aspiration or would like to learn more about what it takes to acquire a company. Uh, something that I kind of learned in my journey of being a venture capitalist investing. And I thought like, you know what, this is an asset class that um, we have to see a lot of asset classes that talk about investing in real estate, investing in stocks, starting a business, but uh, especially teaching and educating people of color. But um, no one's really doing it for actually buying a business buying a business is another way to build wealth yes. and um for you and your family um you guys have uh, invested and bought a lot of different things from commercial real estate uh, uh, uh whether it's apartments multi-unit um, multi uh mm -hmm. family units um yeah. Uh, of course, restaurants, restaurants. Uh, mm. I think maybe in a barbershop, maybe barbershop. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and so and what today we're going to talk about is uh, specifically about uh, you guys uh, buying a, a gas station. Okay. Um, and and um, so I know you got a lot of background and a lot of different other things too. Um, but back uh, gas stations at least intrigued me because. It still falls within the category of commercial real estate in a way. It's mm -hmm. a brick and mortar business, but it, it seems like and it's obviously it's a necessity in today's time. Yes, you need gas to drive, mm -hmm. um, but you don't really see or hear too many people that look like us that own gas stations. Exactly. Um, and and so um, I'm pretty sure other people may have thought about it um, at one point or another, um, but may never proceed move forward to actually doing it because of multiple different reasons so right i right. wanted to maybe utilize this call to shed some light about possibly gas stations and so um with that being said what 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 um made you guys want to buy a business or buy a gas station versus maybe starting something from the ground up Okay. First, I'd like to thank you, Pedro, for um, inviting me to your forum here. Absolutely. Um, and I'm glad. It's a pleasure for me to share my experience because I enjoy helping people. And to go into business is most people's ultimate dream. Mm -hmm. And that's what we always wanted, to go into business. My right. family did. We wanted to do this. We wasn't sure exactly what business we wanted to go into uh -huh. but we wanted to go into business we looked at the mcdonald's franchise um i think we looked at the wendy's um franchise um 
And so we kind of played with different other little things. We were going to go into like a little mom and pop grocery store, but uh-huh. that didn't um, work out. And so, um, sorry. No, that's all right. Um, I better. So that didn't work out. So something came up. We, um, where we worked at, my mom worked as a bank teller for, um, at that time was First Pennsylvania Bank. Uh-huh. So she did a lot of transactions with a lot of different um, business owners. So this gentleman, he came in, he had three of them in the city of Philadelphia, which was in Germantown. Uh-huh. He was getting sick and he was getting older and he wanted to sell and he couldn't manage it no more. So my mom told me about it. And so we sat down and we thought about it and we discussed it and we thought it was a pretty good deal. We looked at his papers and his book work and things like that. Um, it was a multi-use kind of piece. It wasn't just gas stations. It was when they had turned um, those gas stations into convenience stores, gas stations. Oh, okay, 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 it okay. Like two bay, they called it a two bay gas station where they would do the maintenance and then pump the gas, but then they changed them into so-called grocery stores like a um, Wawa's or something where you okay. could have um, chips, tasty cakes, sodas, hot dogs, all kind of refreshments you could purchase there um, and have the gas things there. We had to self pump gas stations and years ago you had to pump, someone had to pump your gas yourself and then you mm-hmm. had the mechanic and mm-hmm. they made their money basically through the mechanic. But as things changed, they started to turn over to this multi-use where you can buy food and come in like okay. a grocery corner store Correct. plus your gas station. Correct. So we like the numbers that we seen okay. and how the profit was because the, the particular store that we got, um, it was no grocery stores around there. Oh, okay. So our biggest sales were in the food. Mm-hmm. A lot of the neighbors would walk there, was in the neighborhood where it was walking. And besides, it wasn't that many gas stations in the city of Philadelphia. Okay. And that, that Germantown time. pocket, right. Okay. You had one head and you had to go all the way down, to, like a couple miles down to get another gas station. It wasn't that many of them. So we looked at it and said, well, it was not one. So you get all the way down to this part and not another gas station until you get another part. You know, so we thought we could get a nice little market, which we did as far as the gas wasn't bad. Uh-huh. Our food was even better. Mm. So our turnover on the food markup, which which was great, but we sold a lot more food than we, but the gas was okay, but that was to bring it in. Mm. So it worked out. It worked so, so, go ahead. Okay. No, go ahead. You, you was going to finish saying something? No, I was just saying that's what made us decide to go with the gas stations. And like you said, it wasn't that many African-Americans having gas stations at that time. Most of the gas stations were owned by other ethnic groups. So this is something that we thought we can come in and we were in our neighborhood. We were part of that neighborhood. So Mm. people knew us. Our family was in that neighborhood. So our family knew us. Our church was in that neighborhood. So that was an extended family. So we just thought it was a win-win. Yeah, yeah. So, so it sounded like the um, the way you evaluated that 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 particular gas station. Well, one, it sounded like the one plus side is that there was already already revenue, there was already cash flow, and it was just a matter of uh, looking at it, um, reviewing the numbers, just to make sure it makes sense. But 
because it sounds like what you guys did was like a competitive na- analysis before you acquired it. But you, like you said, you determined that yes. Yes. from the gas perspective, yes. there wasn't a lot of competition around. So yes. that gives you a little bit of a monopoly in that, and at least in that geographic location. And the mm-hmm. same thing with the grocery store, there wasn't any convenience any other convenience store no, right. um, uh, around or at least within a certain proximity. Um, so it gave you a little bit of upper hand because people by default will go to you guys to get gas as well as to go get food. food exactly. um, so it was a way to kind of double dip. And I, and I think you said this too. Um, uh, it made me think about um, something you told me before um, about how the difference between uh, a gas station that's kind of inner city yeah, and compared to a gas station, let's just say, out in the suburbs, and and how having that convenience store really helps out. Do you mind just t- uh, shedding some sure, light on that? Sure. Um, in the city, typically people didn't fill their gas tanks up. In the city, the people would basically get five dollars, ten dollars, just to get them to where they need to go to and back. Mm-hmm. As if in the suburbs people tend to buy a full tank. When they got Mm -hmm. gas, they got a full tank of gas. Mm -hmm. Majority of our customers were just getting gas so they can get to the doctor's office and back or get to the supermarket to where they had and back home or get to church or, you know, it was never, very seldom you got a person to fill up their tank. Correct. So we got a lot of people, but they were $5 on one, $10 on this, you know. So, but my food, by no supermarkets around for miles, a lot of them did their food shopping at the mini market, which we had a higher markup. Uh, because your bread, I mean, your bread and tasty cakes were standard because no matter where you go, your Stroman bread or your um, bread was basically the same price. Uh-huh. But when you go into our store, if you wanted to buy um, applesauce or grits or oatmeal, it was a markup, your cereal was a nice markup because you're not getting it from this uh, supermarket. It was a convenient store. Mm. And then we also had little foods like hot dogs, different sandwiches, steak sandwiches, um, little hoagies, um, tuna fish sandwiches. Then we had the fountain sodas, um, okay. drinks like that Slurpees. It's like on that oh, yeah, 7-Eleven yeah. kind of yeah. piece, which was okay. even better. But it was a big difference. And we had to set our mindset to that our biggest thing was on that floor with the food versus outside with the gas mm. okay okay it, it was a little nickel and diming us with the gas with the volume of gas but mm-hmm. it brought people in to purchase other things while they were there okay okay mm-hmm. okay 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 I definitely understand thank you for sharing that and uh, one, one quick question um that i want to go back to which was uh, when you found, you said this was your mother that gave you? Um, my mother gave me that information. She was, because um, she knew we, I was looking for something like this. My, um, so You guys were already mom, looking for a gas station? or we were, No, we were always looking to go into business. We were thinking about a McDonald's. Oh, okay. okay, okay Burger okay. King. Gotcha, you know, gotcha, we were looking gotcha, at gotcha. a franchise, you know, like other opportunities. So when we looked at this, she said, oh, well, this gentleman, he's African-American. We can, you know, he's not doing well. He's sick. So mm. we can help him out, but it's also helping us out. So we, it, it was a win-win to help him out as well yeah. as we were helping ourselves out too. And, and I'm glad you said that too, because a lot of times, especially for acquisition of companies, deal-making rather, 
Um, there's a lot of opportunities, um, especially with baby boomers today, mm-hmm. um, who are, they say that this is the biggest generation of baby boomers in a long time. And there's just supposed to be this big transfer of wealth. And transfer of wealth could be a lot of different things given to the children, but also right, could be liquidating right. in yeah, terms right. of selling it to someone else. Um, but they're, they're saying some of the things to look for when trying to find a, they call it, a, you know, a motivated seller. Mm-hmm. And you guys hit all the points. So some of the things to look for, is it a more seasoned person? More, yes. uh, you know, that's, that's on that retirement age. Yeah. Um, you know, is there a person that may be burnt out? Is it a per- is the person having health issues? Correct. Um, because especially for small businesses, it's, it's more about, especially if you want to create a good win-win deal structure, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's about how do you solve their problem? which like you said, um, you're solving his problem because this is his way out. Yes. So he yeah. can take care of his health. Yes. And, and for you guys, it was like a, it was a way in. So you guys continue to um, build wealth. And because I get a lot of questions of how do you find deals, uh, which there's no, and there's a lot of different ways how do you find deals. There's, there's this proactive approach. It is. Where, you know, you, you do, you send out letters, you build a database and send out letters. Yes. But then also sometimes too, I share this with a lot of people, you, you got to start letting people know what you're doing. Exactly. You have to tell people. And it was a word of mouth. Yeah. Because the gentleman yeah. didn't have to say anything and my exactly. mom didn't have to say anything, but he knew that she was looking. Correct. So she told people she was looking. Correct. And my daughter, you know, would like to go and be interested in doing A, B, and C. So Correct. that's, how we did it. And we went in it as um, a family. I ran the store and then each one of us had different shifts so that a family member was always at the register. Ah, okay. Okay. You know, and speaking of that, um, let's go into that, jump into that question, like in terms of management, how, mm-hmm. how did you, so you guys purchased the gas station. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to assume there was probably already employees there. There were already um, employees there. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you guys game plan post acquisition? We, we decided to keep some people. Okay. And some people we decided to let go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we kept, I'm trying to remember, we kept about two people. One was the main manager during the day. Cause he helped me. I was like a shadow to him. Okay. okay. And he helped me to, to how to manage everything, how to do the ordering, when the orders come in, what I need to do. So that was good. I worked along with him and he, him and I worked hand in hand more or less. Okay. Cause he was always there. He was like the mechanic. And then when I switched it over into the food piece of mm. the gas station, he was always there. So he was this guy's right hand man. So I kept him, but and I kept another gentleman that came one at night, and okay. he, um, from the grassroots, we knew him. Okay. So he was in the neighborhood, and well, a little story back. My family is from Germantown. We've been from that Germantown area for years since nineteen seventeen, nineteen eighteen. So my okay. mother and father was. You born, said nineteen eighteen. That came up. My grandparents came up. After World War Two, during World War during okay. One, I'm sorry, World War One. Okay. And he got they had little land and stuff, lots and houses that they was allowed to go well live in because she did days work and he worked down at the VA, okay, on, down on Broad Street. Okay. At the end okay. on Broad Street because he was in the army. Gotcha. So that's how they came up from out of Georgia. So 
my both of my parents were born in Germantown. Okay. So they were raised there. So we kind of knew who the original Germantown African Americans were because everybody knew each other. Ah, I see. I see. And as the 60s came in, that was the turn where a lot of people from North Philly came up to Germantown. Okay. okay. So that was like the turn when you hear people say, oh, I've been in Germantown since 1960. But yeah, but my parents have been there. Grandparents been there since 1918, 1919. Gotcha. Gotcha. So we were one of the, the original, like they so-called Germantown Blacks that were there. Okay. Already. Okay. So we kind of knew people's family and things like that so the guy that did the second shift he was like the manager he had been in that neighborhood we knew him and he mm. knew our family we knew his family so we kept him okay okay so, but each person i had my brother did night shift and then my dad he worked for scepter he was a manager so he would come in and stop in every so often okay and he would okay. come in at nighttime check up on things make sure my brother was okay everything was good at night and then we had a midnight to eight shift. Mom, I had two uncles that had retired and they needed a little extra money. So they did that midnight to eight shift, which were, they were locked inside. They worked through what they call a little Susie. Oh, yeah, yeah. They call it that, that little window. That, that little you gotta, window. You, you push so, it out to put yeah, money in. Yeah, they push it out and tell them yeah. what they wanted. Yeah. So they didn't mind that because they were inside yeah. and the customers were outside. Yeah. And, and what did you call that? You said Susie? We, we called it a little Susie. They called it a little Susie. You turn it and you put your yeah. money in. Yeah. I mean, I wanted Pepsi or I want a tasty cake or chips or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. The milk and then you just put it in there. Um, so that's how I did. And I would come in eight o'clock, about seven thirty, eight o'clock when it's for the shift change, dip my gas tank and all you had to take your measurement, order yeah. the gas, you know, do what you have to do, count your money, manage, make sure, settle everyone's sheet. Yes. To make sure that they balance out on their register, what they took in and what they took out. Yeah. So all that I kind of picked up and learned. Um, that had that one manager. So we kept two people. Okay. So anyone else that we hired, I did hire other people, mm -hmm. but it was always a family member that was there that stayed on the register. Register. Yeah. And, and why was that? I mean, I know there's an obvious reason for that, but I just want to <laughs> have you say it. Well, we wanted to manage the money. Only the yeah. money that came through had to come through our hands. Okay. So that we knew that we had to get that excess money was coming through. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's great that you guys, it became a family affair um, yeah. through, through that, through that endeavor. Um, and, and speaking of family affair, was it the way you structured that deal? Oh, by the way, is, is that gas station still around? That gas station is not around. Oh, what okay. happened was um, Atlantic Richfield owned right. the, okay. owned the, uh, all the gas that was in there was Atlantic Richfield and it was one there. And we also had one at, um, Broad and Huntington, which is still there, they call it A plus. Okay. Now Atlantic Richfield went out of business, and then they moved over to the West Coast. Mm -hmm. They stopped selling here on the East Coast. They just did limited place. Now Broad and Huntington is right off the expressway okay. before you get onto Roosevelt Boulevard. So it's a big gas um, spot. People buy a lot of gas there. Because gotcha. they are off of the highway, they filling mm, up, I getting see. back on the highway. Yeah, yeah. Then did you guys still own that one, or you guys are out of the gas station? We're out of that. That, that okay. company owned. 
Okay. So okay. when they did, when they sold all the um, A plus mints, the Atlantic Richard, the A plus mini markets, some of them they kept, which was the high volume. I believe they kept one at Cotman and Tarsdale up in the Northeast. Certain ones they would keep that was right off the different highways. Now that okay. one right off of 95. Okay. As you're going up to Gerard up in that northern part of um, Philadelphia. Okay. Um, they did keep some locations, but most of them they did shut down because they needed that gas volume, which they were getting from like California, mm -hmm. Washington, mm -hmm. Oregon, over on that West Coast. Yes, yes, yes. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so regarding the family affair, now how did you guys structure? So, so after you talked to the gentleman, which is nice, seems like the nice part is, is that you didn't have to deal with any brokers. Um, you got to talk straight to the owner um, mm -hmm. and, and, and be able to hash out the deal there. Um, can you, can you talk a little bit about structuring a deal? Like there's some of the family invest in there or, or just pretty much you and your husband and, or, or, or you guys get bank loans or how, how did you guys structure well, the, to um, finance the package? We did have money saved up. Majority of, of it, we had money that was saved up. Then we kept the cash piece. We did give part of the cash. We refied the house. We took the equity out of our home. Oh, okay. 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 And we use bulk of that. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you and, didn't go to a traditional bank. And I'm glad you brought that up too, because mm -hmm. a lot of times people are thinking like, how do I finance? And so we did our the, home. The, 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 the default answer which everybody goes to is the, is the, um, is the, uh, the bank, which is mm -hmm. understandable. Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of times really the question is, how, how you really you just gotta find the money especially yes. if you are not well stacked in terms of having a lot of money mm -hmm. um you want to leverage what you have and i remember reading a book by um why do white guys have all the fun by uh, reginald lewis yeah um you, you heard about him yes okay and I, yes. I remember when he was structuring the deal now he did use some bank and all that okay but um he also but he did he did if i recall correctly he did uh, take out a little, a little mortgage on his mm -hmm. house. Mm -hmm. and, and actually, they don't really promote it, but he actually, that first acquisition was really like a no money down deal for him. Right. Uh, because he, he found some lenders to do the bulk. He found some investors as another part of his capital stack. Um, he, he, uh, uh, he, he, so it, I think it was bank, um, investors, and I think he used a a mortgage from his house mm -hmm. to, to represent his own personal pocket and he used that and the granted yes it was um you could say that you could say that's part of his money has to pay it back but he didn't have to come out of his own his right. own book right for that and in in the point about paying he has to pay that mortgage back from his loan technically speaking the business you know especially if you bought a nice good profitable business yes that business will pay back it, that that uh exactly um so that's interesting so so the, the the when you guys refinance um that took care of majority of the yes uh, the, the bill uh, correct and, and, and then you use your own cash you guys already have saved up to do the rest yes. bring it outside investors okay because what they had to look at when they see when atlantic richfield you mm -hmm. the company that has the gas they look and see are you able to sustain are we going to do this franchise with you. If you're not able to sustain it financially, we're not going to do it. So we had to show that we had 
X amount of money saved up. Mm. And then we was going to refi, you know, the equity out of our home or out okay. of our property. Okay. And that's what did it. So we kept our cash piece so that we can just keep Smart. going yeah. back Hold the in. Cash. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because you have to fill those tanks up. Like when they make that drop of gas, yeah. that's a big load. Yeah. When I'm talking about thousands, it's thousands and thousands. There's big loads coming in and they might drop two weeks on a weekend twice. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good uh, 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 um, strategy um, on money management, you know, finance or something because yeah. um, cause you're right. I'm, I'm going to speak to, cause it sounds like you guys, uh, you get, you, what not sound like you guys did go through a franchise versus being independent. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I do want you to speak about that in, in, in a second, but um, I, I, I want to stay on the finance piece because I think, uh, especially for people of color, we, a lot of times we don't come from the, the best financial backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we had to be creative um, in the way we structure deals. And so um, the fact is a lot of times you can use cash. Like you guys, a lot of franchises, they say that you got to have X amount of liquid cash available before you re-entertain you. Right. Uh, And sometimes if you have that, great, but it's not necessarily, especially investors, finance people, they would, they would never tell you pay all cash for anything. Right. Um, no, don't tie. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, tie that's, your liquid up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Never tie your liquid never. up like that. Um, mm-hmm. So, so never ever pay a hundred percent cash in anything. Right. Um, and so like what you guys did, yeah, you probably had to put a little bit of cash down, but you still had a significant cash on reserve. Yep. Yep. You just leverage um, the mortgage as a way to pull yep. cash from that. Right. Other people's money, as they call it, right? Yeah. To, 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 to finance that. But you just had to show him on paper that you did have some cash available. Exactly. Uh, so that way you can, it could check off their box. So um, that's, that's actually really great. I'm, I just wanted to highlight that just for anyone listening mm-hmm. um, to say, okay, these are just another tool that you can use to help uh, finance your acquisition. Exactly. And, and lastly, um, you, you mentioned, um, uh, 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 you told me this before, but what, what was the main difference uh, of the independent and uh, franchise brand? What were some of the, pro, uh, the benefits of why you guys went franchise versus independent? Well, um, I have done both. Okay. Franchise okay. and independent. I prefer independent. Okay. Um, franchise is good because it has a structure and they mm-hmm. already know um, how they want it. Mm-hmm. And how they want it structured, like a like you said, Dunkin' Donuts. They know how many donuts you can sell an hour. They already Correct. have everything all figured out. Correct. Um, and they know how much royalties and things that you have to pay them. Correct. If it's your own business, you dictate what you want and what you can do. Yes. And you, it's no limit. You can open up another one here, or there. You don't have to follow their rules and regulations. Yeah. So you're yeah. more independent. And you can do more. To me, I can do more. I can be more creative. Yes. I can um, fashion or I can make my business contort to my customers. Yes. Because my customer base is different than what you learn in the books. Yeah. We're dealing yeah. with African-Americans, which under different circumstances and different situations. Correct. Correct. So for me to be on my own and independent, I can do that. Yes. I guess it depends on where you're at and your location. In the city, I like to be more independent. Out here in the suburbs, I can do more of a structure because you're in a more structured environment. Okay. Customers that you're going to be dealing with, you can have that already in place. 
okay. that franchise piece in place. Okay. And I think that's why you don't see too many mom and pop places out here. But yeah. In the city, you can because um, you have to be flexible because you're dealing with a whole different mindset when you're dealing with um, in the city or the different clientele. Yeah, yeah. And I like dealing with the city people because, I mean, they, they spend money. Yeah, 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 especially on food. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Entertainment, they, food. Yeah. Um, just about anything. They want to be comfortable. Hair yeah. products. Yes, yes, yes. I think uh, beauty, food, and entertainment. Entertainment. Maybe I'm going to throw fashion in there, too. Yeah. Um, those are our biggest buckets yeah. when it comes to spending money. But if they buckets. made more money, they'd like to have nice homes. Yes, I agree. Nice homes the, and nice I, cars, but they don't have that kind of extended money where they can have the kind of home that they really like. Yes, like yes, yes. And the good part, you know, it's funny you brought that up. I know that's not re necessarily related to uh, um, uh, uh, gas stations, but um, I, I have, I have started, I'm starting in my personal observation, starting to see a mm -hmm. trend of more of us living and growing up in suburbs, buying, yeah. you know, and that's still, still not a large magnitude mm -hmm. of it, but, but there's still, but there is a wave yeah. Uh, people moving to suburbs, buying nicer homes. Nicer homes. Um, like even in our neighborhood. Making the our, sacrifice. That's yeah, right. yeah. They're figuring yeah. out how to do it. Um, yeah. Like actually, uh, we just had somebody build a house in our neighborhood on our block. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're from Philly, actually. Okay, okay. Down the road. And so, so in our, in, in, at least in our neighborhood, our neighborhood is really diverse. I know your neighborhood is really diverse. Yes. I grew up in there. Yes. Um, and, and, uh, but it's nice to see uh, more coming out. Yes. Uh, and buying these bigger homes. And, and they do a very good job. And I look, like you said, in my development, the development that you're familiar with as mm -hmm. well, most of our homes that we live in are very nice homes. Yes. Yes. We keep it up. We do. If we have the money, we're going to do it. It's just that some people in the city end up with the end of the stick. They don't have a job no more. Those right. factories close down. Correct. So then the houses, they can't keep it up. They don't Correct. choose to live that way. Correct. It's yeah. Economic situation where exactly. they don't have a job to, to afford nice things because we like nice things. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think you, hit, you said it correctly um, that um well, actually i already lost it i think you said they they mm. they uh they can't afford they cannot afford to have those nice things that they really do want yeah um uh, i think that's what you said um yeah it, because it, of the economic situation they don't have a job or the job that they do have is not paying them that kind yes. of money to maintain the household but they need a job yes 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 absolutely absolutely so um i definitely don't want to hold hold you up anymore mm. uh, one last question or, or thought if someone wants to think about buying a, a gas station today um what is a good tip that you would like to leave them with to begin uh going down that road going down that road i i would like to leave with them to be open okay look at the franchise look at the independent mm -hmm. but always have a multi-use just don't have just one like just pumping gas Mm -hmm. Always have it as a multi-use, whether it's a Dunkin' Donuts and you have your gas and you have other eateries in there or um, chips and hot dogs or whatever, something that you can bring the people in. So you need more or less like a convenience store. Don't be afraid. Awesome. And, and okay. that's, that's part of life. You need yeah. to take that risk. You don't yeah. know until yeah. you try it. And the more we do it, 
to try these risks, the better we come in as yeah, a person, absolutely. Absolutely. as an individual. Because I learned so much. I absolutely. met so many people and I learned a lot. Yes. 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 I, I, I don't like to help other people. I always yeah. believe in you. I like to reach back and, and help someone else. Because someone helped me and I need like to help someone else. Absolutely. And speaking speaking of help, um, uh, for anyone that's watching, if you have interest of possibly going down that road of buying um, a, a franchise or any other commercial property, mm-hmm. um, Stacy is available for, for consult. Um, uh, she's willing to help. Of course, obviously, yeah. there's a fee attached to it. Um, so yeah. do, do you mind just sharing your contact info so that they know how to reach, reach out to you? Sure, sure. I don't mind at all. If anyone is interested in um, thinking about going into business and have any questions or how to go about doing it and need some type of consultation, my email address is srob23616161. At gmail.com. And my phone number, which might be easier to contact me, phone number as well, is 302 345 6335. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. Say it again. Should I repeat it? Yeah, go ahead and repeat it. It doesn't doesn't hurt. (laughs) It don't hurt, will it? So my email is S as my name, Stacy, R O B as in Roberts, R O B. And then it's a 236-161. That's my old phone number. <laughs> At gmail.com. And my number here is 302-345-6335. And it's Stacy Roberts. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, stay on, but I'm going to stop the recording, but stay thank on. Thank you, Pedro. Thank uh, you so much. No problem. No, no problem at all. It's been a pleasure. Uh, likewise.